0: 1 Corinthians chapter number 13 this morning and again I think for those who may be familiar with the word of God uh, a lot of folks understand that this passage does really you know define love from you know, the, a biblical perspective uh, but 1 Corinthians chapter number 13 this morning if you would uh, please stand we'll read the first, second and third verse and then we'll see what God has for us this morning and again the the Message is just what is love, amen. Uh, verse 1 though, this morning, first Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, the Bible says, Though I speak with tongues of men and angels and have not what Charity. charity, I'm become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I can remove what. Goodness gracious, are you kidding me? And have not charity, I am what? Wow. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me what? Nothing. Let's pray and we'll see what God has for us this morning. The only Father God, we thank you so much for your word. And I do pray now as we transition and, and look at the message that you have for us, I pray that we would really have our hearts and our ears open and attentive, and Holy Spirit of God, please work, and please move, and guide us into truth. We ask these things, and thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Love is a key element in any relationship. You often hear young people say, I'm in love, right? I mean, I remember growing up, there was a buddy by the name of P.J. Ward. I still remember, and he, I, you know, he's still my friend today, you know, through Facebook, because he's still in Texas. He's one of the old workers, but... It was almost like every week he loved he was in love with somebody else amen and when you a lot of times when we hear uh, people say that that phrase you know those have who've been married for any length of time chuckle because they know they don't truly understand uh, the meaning of love Uh, and though they they may love that in their capacity their love is very small compared to love that's been tested and tried for many years now when we look at this 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 thought of love there's going to be a Three things that, that we pull out of this passage. The first thing, if you're accustomed to taking notes, is the priority of love. The priority of love. Now, we've all heard the phrase, going through the motions. Right? And some, sometimes, we, if we're honest, we've been guilty of going through the motions. You know, I, I don't know, sometimes you get in a rut at work and you're, you're just there. To be honest with you, sometimes in relationships we get in a rut. And to be honest with you, sometimes even in church... We can be guilty of just going through the motions. And again, we're all people. It happens. But it refers to someone who's doing the right thing without having the heart in it. Now, while the actions may appear to be right on the outside, there's something missing. Now, a gentleman by the name of uh, Strauss said it this way, A wife or husband may remain faithful and may give evidence of careful attention in matters pertaining to each other, and yet there may be a decline in first love. Similarly, a church member may be, may be a very re- regular in, in their attendance at service, but no amount of activity, however intense, can compensate for the lack of love. Now, what's interesting is that's, that's what 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1-3 through is talking about. It's talking about the priority of love. And listen, I mean, there's some crazy things that, well, I mean, some, if I saw these as an individual, I'd be like, what? That's like super spiritual. But the Bible compares these super spiritual activities to charity or the love of, of that God's going to define for us, and he says it's nothing. Now, I mean, look at it. Though I speak with the tongues of men, I mean, that's not a big deal, right? Tongues being language. You know, because there's, well, actually, it is a big deal. Anybody ever met anybody that could speak like multiple languages? Anybody ever try to learn a different language? I mean, I have a hard enough time with English. I remember uh, Mrs. Dove, and Lord bless her, she ever listens to this, she'd be saying amen. But she was, uh, my college English teacher and man, we'd go round and round and round on these, you know, these crazy English things because, I mean, you know, it would mean the definition of English would mean one thing in this scenario and then it change. And I'm like, "But did you just say that?" I mean, and we would. I mean, what? Seriously, I literally. And what was funny is her son-in-law was in class with me, and one day, and this was again, I was still a little rough around the edges. She had said something, I was like, "Mrs. Dove, that's jacked up." You know, I just said it like that, and he starts <laughs> laughing, like, "You did not just say that to my mom." But I mean, we, man, we'd go round and round and round. Uh, just because the whole thought of English. I mean, again, so I struggle with English. Amen. Uh, And so forgive me if something comes out when I'm preaching, amen, that that doesn't really make sense in the English language because I'm still working on it. But to be able to speak with tongues, and again, if you ever look at the thought of tongues, this is just a side note. I'm going to shoot the rabbit while he's running. Tongues isn't this jibber-jabber nonsense. It's a language. Anytime you see tongues in the Bible, it's language. And if you ever have a question about that, and Lord willing, as we progress through the, the study of the Scripture, the whole counsel of God, we're going to hit everything. We'll most likely hit on tongues and the fact that it's a language, not jibber-jabber. Anyway, so though I speak with tongues of men, and then it says this of angels. That would be pretty cool. Like, yo, Gabriel, you know, and I, you're talking with Gabriel or, or Michael the archangel. I mean, that would be awesome, you know, if I could communicate with this guy. But it says this, and have not charity. I am become a sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. Do I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge? And this is this blew my mind. Have all faith so that I can remove mountains. What did Jesus say regarding move, moving mountain faith? How much is needed to move a mountain? To say to this mountain, be plucked up and cast into the sea. What did he say? Faith is as small as a what? A grain of? Well, not the sand. Mustard seed. Mustard seed. I, I, I threw you off by saying grain. That was my fault. But as small as the grain. Did he say grain of a mustard seed? I'm going to have to look it up now. But as small as a mustard seed, that I could literally say to this mountain, and I've, has anybody ever seen a mountain? It's, it's, it's crazy. I remember, I grew up in Texas, right? So we've got hills. But the first time I went to Colorado, anybody ever been to Colorado driving? Like you're driving on your way to Colorado. We did a road trip with my family to go skiing. and love skiing. But we're driving, and then I just... And we're miles away. You just see this ginormous just thing. I'm like, what is that? And they're like, that's the rocking. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's and then you get closer and you get closer and it's just like, what? And Jesus says literally, the faith, faith is small as a grain of mustard seed. And then in this passage it says, if you have that kind of faith, that you could remove mountains. And I know there's the there's the uh, you know, all the other way looking at, you know, moving mountains of difficulty and problems in your life, sure, you could apply that there. But even if you had that type of faith and you don't have charity, the Bible's definition of love, you're nothing. You say, what? I mean, because if think about it, if I if you or me saw someone who I mean, okay, my brain's going a hundred different places. The time when Jesus went to the fig tree. Remember he went to the fig tree to grab a fig, and there wasn't a fig? And he said, you know, from this this point forward, let no fr- fruit bear anyway. And then it's it literally, and the sight of the disciples. I mean, we can picture because we live in 2017, and you have all this cool movies and things and technology. But literally, visualize the tree just started withering, and the disciples are like, whoa. I mean, and they didn't say whoa, but they're like, wow, how quickly did the tree wither? And Jesus looked at them like, are you kidding me? That's nothing. But I mean. That type of faith. If you could, you had that type of faith. You could, you could go to an apple tree or an orange tree, and there wasn't anyone said, "Oh, you know what? You know, you're cursed," and the tree just—I mean, like literally, instantaneously withers. That would be pretty awesome. I'd be like, "Dude, come on, pray for me, man." You know, I'd, I'd be like, "I want to be your friend." But God says, if you—if you—even though you can do that, even though you do that, and you don't have the love of God, if you don't have the biblical definition of love, you're nothing. What? Are you kidding me? That that Why? Because a lot of times we ascribe those type of activities to godliness. To, wow, that person must be something. Well, no, if they don't have love, they're nothing. They don't have charity, they're nothing. Now listen to this one. This one's intense. This one, this one's intense. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, have not charity, it profit me nothing. Now, now think about that. Because a lot of times when we look in the realm of spiritual activity, right? When we think spiritual activity, what do we think about? And a lot of times people, even that I know at work, they, they think of, well, yeah, you know, I give to, you know, I, is it a bad thing? No, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying if, it's, if you do these apart from having a heart that's driven by charity, it's you're nothing. If I bestow my goods to feed the poor. And there are. they're there, there great organizations that feed. And, and to be honest with you, we are America is the global leader when it comes to natural disaster relief. I mean seriously, I work for the State Department. I know how much you know aid goes out to these places. though I do all that, and you think about the big name people that the world, Regards, as far as highly up. You know, you have the Mother Teresa's, you have the, you know, the, the Gandhis, this, the, that. You know, these people that, you know, spent their life going to the poor. If you don't have charity, it does you no good. And oh, i give my body to be burned. And that one, that one, that one's intense because who would give their body to be burned? Who? What profession? Think about it. What profession? Absolutely. Absolutely. Who no regard to life or limb are in there trying to help other people. If they give their body to be burned and lack charity or the love of God, it profits me nothing. So the priority of love. God, God says love, charity, trumps it all. And what's interesting is if you look, if you backpedal in, in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 10, 11, t- 11. 10, 11, 12, let me get it in order there. There's different thoughts about spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians talks about it. How that each believer is enabled from God with an ability to use in the local church. And then it talks about how you know, gifts are great, but prophesying is better, or you know make, making sure people can understand the Word of God's better than that. But then it says, what's better than all those things is charity. And what's awesome here this morning is every one of us can express and give and share charity, the love of God. So God puts a high priority on charity. Now the thing about it though is, folks, the, 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 the thing I'd like to warn you about is, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, love can take a backseat to other things. And let me, let me illustrate it this way. If we allow love, charity, Self-sacrificial giving. Giving just because it's the right thing to do. Loving others because God loved us. If we allow that to take a backseat, here's what happens. It's almost like a tree that appears to be strong on the outside, but is being destroyed from the inside by mold, rotter insects. And eventually, it falls. Did anybody uh, hear in the news recently about that big, uh, uh, what is it, the red oaks in California? you know, the one that people would drive under, it collapsed. But again, I mean, if you, if you had drove in it, you know, months before cloud, no one would have guessed that there was a problem. And when, when, when people, when, just like trees, when they fall, when people fall, you know, people seem to suddenly turn away from God and go into sin. But the fact of the matter is, falls don't happen a lot of times very suddenly. You know what happens a lot of times is it's, instead it's a result of a long process when our hearts begin to turn away from God and, and you know, and moment by moment, we allow, uh, you know, the things that God to slip in our own lives and the priorities of God to slip in our own eyes, we can be susceptible to a fall. I mean, that's why God says, hey, you know, it's great to go, you know, to, it, it's one thing that, to have all these things on the outward and do activity, but it's another thing to spend time with me. It's another thing to, to, to love God. It's another thing, as we've been looking at Thursday, to abide in Jesus Christ. You say, well, what do you mean, Brother Vaughn? Can you, can you give me an example? Well, I'll give you a couple. Do you remember uh, Mary and Martha? Right? Martha, Martha was covered about with much service. Right? And she goes to Jesus. I mean, think about this. I laugh sometimes. I don't know if you actually enjoy the stories and see, see for what they are. So here's Martha working, you know, getting things ready because Jesus and the disciples are there. And of course men got to eat. Amen? I mean, people got to eat, Period. I mean, that's one thing that you want to get on the bad side of a Marine. Don't feed them, man. And, but feed them and they'll do anything. I mean, so yeah, you know, Martha's got it right, man. These, you know, these folks got to eat. And she's busy, you know, getting stuff together. And then there's Mary doing what? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Are you kidding me? Right? What? I'm what? Hello, extra hands. You know, many hands make light work, right? Come on. What are you doing? And so she goes to Jesus. She's like, I mean, think about Like she had a lapse of judgment or something, man. So she's going to the Son of God, you know, in flesh. Tell Mary to help me. Wait, what? Whoa, slow down, time out. She wasn't thinking. She but why? Because she was busy, busy. She was busy going to Jesus. Hey, she needs to help. And what does Jesus say? Martha, Martha, there! You're coming about my service. Mary hath chose the the better part. What's the better part? Brother Vaughn. It's not all this busyness and work. It's spending time with jesus and think about how close a relationship mary had with christ i was just i was actually just listening to it this week Uh, and i I highly encourage you if you if you ever spend any time on the road get the bible on audio and just listen to it it's amazing what how much you can get from god's word just by hearing it even if you have earbuds i mean just do it mary was at, at the at the at the garden of gethsemane you know at the tomb after christ arose and Mary literally had a relationship with Christ, where she's going, she, the, the tomb's empty. An angel tells her, I mean, she, I mean, an angel talking to her, but she's so distraught because Christ isn't there. But an angel just talking. I mean, but she's still distraught. I mean, that blew my mind too much. Like, Wait a minute, you talk with an angel. Oh. Anyway, so she's talking with this angel. She's upset. She turns around and it literally says Jesus is standing there, but she's like, you know. If you hid the body, just tell me where it is, and all Jesus has to do is say her name, and she knows it's the Savior. I was like, man. And what's awesome is He knows your name. He knows your name, and He loves you. And 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 am I in a place in my spiritual walk where all Christ would have to do is mention my name, and I know He's He's that He's got that I've got. He's got my attention, and I've got His. It's it's a powerful relationship that she had. Why? Because she put. Jesus first, not activity. And that's what the priority of love is. That's the priority. Not these other things. Yes, they're important, but not as important as charity. Now, the, now, the principle that we need to get from this is right actions follow right love. So make sure your heart is in the right place. It's not the other way around. If your love is right, your actions will be right. You say, Brother Vaughn, I've got a problem You know, with my tongue. I've got a problem with my attitude. I've got a problem with my thoughts. Well, if your love is right, those other things will take care of themselves. Not the other way around. Next one is the conduct of love. The conduct of love. If you look at verse number four through seven, charity suffereth long. I mean, here we go. Fast buckle the seatbelt. It's gonna get tough. Charity suffereth long and is kind. You say, why are you saying that, Brother Vaughn? Because put your name in the place of charity and ask yourself this question: Am I these things? Charity suffereth long. Uh Uh-oh. And is kind. Man. Charity envieth not. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I mean, this is rough. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own. And we could park right there and have the altar call because, listen, folks, all of us are made of the same stuff, and a lot of times we're looking out for numeral uno. You with me? Come on. But that's not charity. That's not Bible. Is not easily provoked. Is there some alpha males here this, this morning? That's a tough one. That's a tough pill to swallow. Not easily provoked. Are you kidding me? Don't cut me off or give me, you know, tell me I'm number one with the wrong finger because, woo you know, I may, I may be shot to the moon. But if we're living a life of charity, we're not going to be easily provoked. Thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity. But rejoiceth in truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Now listen, folks. That is a tall order. And some of us may be sitting there saying, wow, man, I just got beat down by the Holy Spirit. Hey, look, all of us need to. It's the truth. I mean, we're made of the same stuff. And what I find, what I love about God's word is he knows that. God knows what we're made of. And that's why he put this here, to help us. And what's awesome is if we just recognize that we need the help, God's forgiveness is available to all, but at the same time the Holy Spirit's enabling is 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 capable to, to not only give us the desire but also to allow us to accomplish the things that God wants us to accomplish and a big part of that is the right love. Now though, though many people think of love as an emotion, it's only a small part of what true love is. Real love that the kind that of, is described for us in this passage is far is more about our actions than our emotions, right? And that's the truth because a lot of times that's how people hang it up when it comes to relationships. Because while well, I don't feel that whatever, well, it's not about a feeling; it's a choice, it's a commitment. Jesus said in John fourteen fifteen, and we're going to look at this actually next week. If you love me, keep my commandments. We're going to look at that Thursday. But again, on on another occasion, addressing a larger crowd, he asked this question in Luke chapter six verse forty six. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Again, love is not seen in words, but it is seen in deeds. Love in action changes every part of our lives. God's intention is not only that we love him with all our hearts and put that love into action, but that we also be loving to other people, showing the same love that God has shown us. Christianity is not meant meant to be lived in isolation. Someone said God knows that our relationships are more important than our accomplishments and that's the truth. And he challenges us to grow in this area. And again, it do we suffer long? Are we kind? Do we envy not? Do we vaunt ourselves or in other words do we promote ourselves? And again, that look. You and I both know at work there are people that that's they're they vaunt themselves, right? They're not puffed up. Are you puffed up? Do you behave unseemly? Do you seek your own? Do you, are you easily provoked? Do you think evil? Uh, do you rejoice in iniquity? Do you, do you not rejoice in iniquity but rejoice in truth? And that's, look, I guarantee you, you know how you test yourself on that one? Go to Facebook, scroll through the uh, articles that are on your page, or go to, you know, whatever news site you want to go to and, and ask yourself which ones you click. That, that's how you test that one. Do I rejoice in you know rejoice in iniquity or rejoice in truth? That's a really good test right there. Beareth all things. You say, why standeth I alone? Because hey, the same test applies to me. Believe all things, hope all things, endureth all things. You say, okay, that's great. So what? What does all this mean? Well, let me let me put it to you this way. Love is like oil in a car. Huh? What does the oil in an engine do for that engine? It helps it keep a... Doing what? Running. But not just running, but running smoothly. Amen? And that's that's love to your relationships. How do you keep them running smoothly? How do you keep things going? Love. You're having problems, you know, with other people. And it, you know, it doesn't have, it, it, could, be, it could be family. It could be with people at work. And look, I get it. There's some people that, like, you see walking in the hall, you're like, Woo, face, you know. I'm, I'm avoiding that person because, woo, I, I just know. Look, I get that. But how do you even, how do you, look, is, what does is God say in his word that he says, uh, oh, man, something about his enemy. Uh, something about living for him, maketh in it, yeah, the righteous person, maketh in, even his enemies to be at peace with them. I mean, so, you know, how do I even make, and again, Jesus is the one who said, love your enemies. Ah, again, tough concept, right? It's, that's tough, but how do we keep it running smoothly? Love, charity, all these things. These things that all of us can, can live out. We can. We can suffer along. We can be kind. But again, it's a choice. It's up to you. When love governs our relationships, they will be filled with kindness and grace. And the last one is this, longevity of love. The longevity of love. If you look at 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8, it says, Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. And again, when you look at the verse above, you find that there are three ways God chooses to define charity to show its longevity. First, God says it never fails. This carries a twofold meaning, and that never failing can mean it always accomplishes what it's sent to do. It can also mean that it never shuts off. Amen. I often say that once you choose to love someone, you can never stop loving them. And I also believe that once you let love do a it work, it'll eventually get through. Amen. So you may think that you're getting nowhere with somebody, but just keep loving on them. Amen. Keep loving on them. And the scripture, Jesus actually says, when you love your enemies and you do good, you do good to them that will use your hatred, you. it's like dumping hot coals of fire on their head. Amen. I mean, that's one way to get back. That's one way to look at it. Like, All right. no, right. Let's, let's dump these coals on your head and just be nice to them. <coughs> but again, never stop loving. Never stop investing. It will work, it'll come through. You say, Brother Vaughn, you don't understand. Hey, look, I get it. From our perspective, we can only see the temporal. We can only see the now. We can only see how that person is engaging you. But man, keep loving on him. Keep loving on him. Keep loving on him, and it works. It never fails. Second, he says that charity will never cease. In other words, it will never come to an end. You will never exhaust the resources of your love. You may think that you have no more to give, but I'm here to tell you that if you keep on giving, you will find that there will always be more to give. You say, but again, Brother Vaughn, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I've given, I've given, I've done this, I've done this, or, and it doesn't seem like it's working, but you just keep giving. You love today with the love that you have for today to help somebody, and you'll find that when you need it some more for tomorrow, it'll be there. Don't ever hold back on giving your love and charity for somebody. The fossil of love will keep on pouring as long as we keep on giving. And lastly, charity never vanishes away. It's another statement in this verse above us. What's awesome about this statement is that it implies that it will never go out of style. Trends come, trends go, but charity is always in style. Methods work today, methods work fail tomorrow, but charity is always a tried and proven method that God wants us to to shine forth as a light to those who are around us. Friend, the one thing that will always work is charity, is love. It will always work. And I encourage us this morning that we would love those around us the way that God has outlined love in His Word today. But again, that choice is up to you. Uh, Let's pray we will be finished for today. Heavenly Father, God, thank You so much for Your goodness. Thank You for giving us Your Word to help us in this area of love. Uh, It is Valentine's Day, Lord, and... There's going to be a lot of different things, whether they be uh, things we hear on the radio or, you know, different, maybe movies we watch. And those are always exciting, Lord. Uh, But, God, I do pray that you'd help us to really understand your biblical definition. And I pray that you'd help all of us this morning work on the areas that we need to work on. God, you you tell us you know that we're dust. Lord, you tell us that you know how we are. And, God, we need your help. Again, thank you so much for the forgiveness that you provide. And thank you so much for helping us even this morning. We ask these things in Jesus' name.